The difference between other countries and ours is that our documents don't give us any rights. Our document simply tells government when they're infringing on them. That white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. As Americans, we need to stop being so dependent in government. Government is not the solution. Government is actually the problem. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Welcome everyone, bienvenidos to another podcast for the Hispanics Lead Right, presented by the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. Hello everyone, I am your host Santiago Avila Jr., the Constitutional Conservative, and on this episode, we want to welcome two guests, uh, Miss Shira from Georgia and Mr. Chris from Pennsylvania. Shira and Chris, how are you two today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Chris, well, how are Santiago. you? Doing well, doing well. Awesome. So, uh, we have... Chris and Shira. Uh, Shira is the chairwoman for the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Georgia. And Chris is the chairman for the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Pennsylvania. Two very important organizations, um, you know, trying to help every way we can to make sure these two states, one turns red again, uh, unfortunately it turned blue, and the other one, uh, the other one as well. So let's get right into it. If you can, uh, we'll, we'll start with ladies first. Shira, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Shira Hastings. I am 36 years old. I, I've been married for the last six years to the love of my life, and I do have a five-year-old son. Um, and as far as my, the catalyst into why I'm getting involved, um, I happen to have grown up in a um, very liberal democratic household all my life. Um, my, my parents are from the island of, of Puerto Rico and I grew up in the state of New York. And, um, you know, it, I happened to walk away from the Democratic Party uh, during President Trump's election in 2016. So that was actually the first time that I had voted Republican. And wow. it's because, yeah. Good. Yeah, and it's because I, you know, I started to see the truth, um, and I believe in in God first and foremost. I believe in having our Second Amendment and having the ability to defend ourselves, and uh, I, I also believe in pro life. Um, so those are very, th those are three very strong values that I believe in, and that's why I voted for Trump. Let me ask you, Shira, before we go to Chris, uh, did you grow up with that mantra that the Republicans are for the rich and the Democrats are for the poor? Yes, uh, it was psychological warfare um, all my, my entire life being filled with lies. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, all of us grew up uh, when I say all of us, uh, the majority of the Hispanic community, while we're growing up, uh, we, we were kind of instilled with that, right? That hey, you know, vote Democrat because Republicans only care about the rich people and Democrats are all about the poor people. And uh, it's it's actually a misconception that we need a break because as you heard uh, Shira just say, she's somebody that believes in God. So obviously faith plays a, a part in her, in her life. Uh, she is pro-life. Uh, 
And I'm sure she believes in, in the, the spirit of entrepreneur, right? And these are all values of the Republican Party. I mean, you, I don't know if you guys recall Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, trying to uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance. And when she got to the point where she had to say one nation under and then she kind of didn't know what to say afterwards because the word God comes afterwards. So uh, definitely something we need to change. Thank you for sharing that, Shira. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. First off, thanks for having me, Santiago. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Chris Munez. I'm 28 years old from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I'm an immigrant from Peru. I came to America when I was only about six months old, and I uh, have lived here almost my entire life. I did move back to Peru for a couple of years after graduating college, but ever since I came back in 2017, I've been pretty involved in local politics. I ran for state representative in 2018 and local council in 2019. Uh, unfortunately, I fell short in both those races, but I still kept pretty active politically. I was the chairman of our county young Republicans for about two years, and I uh, wanted to get involved with the RNHA because I see how Democrats have a complete stronghold over the Latino community in Pennsylvania. So I'm just looking forward to um, helping grow our party and engage our demographic with the conservative movement here. Wow, that's a, that's a, you have some experience, Chris, and, and let me tell you, as somebody that who who's also ran for office, uh, there is nothing like the experience of running for an elected position to be able to represent the people. Um, I did catch that you were from uh, Peru, right? Yeah. So speaking a little bit about Peru, I, I know Peru and Ecuador just had some elections. Uh, I know Ecuador, after 14 years, uh, decided to go a different route. They decided to go for the candidate that was some, they, they consider him like a Trump-like candidate. Uh, they, they're refusing to go to another dictatorship or socialism or communism, whatever you want to call it, right? It's, it's all pretty much the same thing. Uh, but Ecuador is going a different route. I hear that Peru is facing a similar decision in their runoff. They have the opportunity to go to the right or to the left. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, yes, Peru has had five presidents since 2015. We elected Pedro Pablo Kaczynski, uh, who, in my opinion, was uh, fairly reasonable. Uh, he got caught up in uh, some sort of corruption scandal, so he was removed from office. But um, we have two candidates going to the second round, La Segunda Vuelta, in the general election, which is going to be held in the beginning of June. And those two are Pedro Pablo, or sorry, Pedro Castillo and Keiko Fujimori. Uh, Keiko is the daughter of Alberto Fujimori, and he was the president of Peru, I think it was back in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. And he was a right-wing president who took on a radical leftist terrorist organization, uh, the Shining Path, whose goal was to overthrow the government and turn Peru into a socialist country. So there are many Peruvians who have an issue with him um, just because some of the other things that he did. Uh, so they're kind of hesitant to elect um, another right-wing candidate like Keiko, his daughter. But the reality is that Pedro Castillo is a radical leftist professor who is a big admirer of the Castro regime in Cuba. So I'm concerned that Peru could become a Venezuela. I mean, all it takes is one crazy person with a socialist agenda to ruin a country. But I uh, hope that we won't make that mistake. You know, you, you mentioned that he was an admirer of uh, Fidel Castro. And um, just the other day, there was a 
there, there was a news article, which is sad because this should be national news, but it's 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 not. Um, there was an article that uh, Raul Castro, Fidel Castro's uh, brother, is stepping down from power. Uh, he's not going to be governing over anything now. Uh, that doesn't mean that Cuba is free by any means, right? It does not mean that Cuba is free, uh, but. It's definitely an end to a legacy of evil, a legacy of murder, a legacy of disaster. And the only thing that saddens me about him stepping down is that my grandfather, who I lost two years ago, is not alive today to be able to see that. And uh, why am I bringing this up is because I'm looking at two countries right now, Peru and Ecuador, and each of them are, it seems like Ecuador is going to the path that it should go through. Um, not because we're conservative, but because they're, they're looking for personal liberties, for freedom. And Peru is facing the same the same objective, correct? And, um, you know, my grandfather was born an enslaved Cuban, uh, like I tell a lot of people. And um, the piece that I have in my heart is that he died a, a free American. So uh, it saddens me nowadays, folks, that uh, we have such an amazing country, right? Ronald Reagan used to used to say that you know America is that shining city on a hill. We're the last hope for humanity, and people don't realize it's it, it, these weren't talking points. You know, wh where do people go legally if if their country's persecuting them? Wh where can they go? Where can they go to obtain freedom? And, excuse me, and, um, you know, I look at places like Georgia, right? Uh, Shira, what, what happened with your, your secretary of state? I mean, did he, did he fail, did, did he fail to remember that he does not have the constitutional authority to make any election changes? That's right. I believe so, Santiago, by signing the illegal consent decree he allowed for illegal ballot harvesting to be done and also mail-in ballots folks this is this is why this is so important right um i always tell everybody if you don't know what your rights are you're you're never going to know when they're being taken away and uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is because under 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 the constitution the only people that are allowed to make any changes to uh, your your election laws are your state legislators. The state secretary or the secretary of state is not a state legislator. He doesn't he he doesn't legislate, right? That is left up to the state representatives, the state senators. If they wanted to make that change, hey, you know what? More power to them. They could have done it. But the problem here is is that they didn't get the option of doing that. What, what are we doing to change that? What are we doing to, to ratify what was done by, I believe his name is Brad. What are we doing to make a change in there, uh, Shira? Well, I believe there is an effort to censor Brad Raffensperger, uh, also um, the Lieutenant Governor Duncan, and also Brian Kemp due to, you know, signing the illegal consent decree. Um, but at the moment, I, I really don't know um, what the ramifications are um, in changing, you know, or undoing what they've done. I know Brian Kemp just signed um, a Senate bill stating that voter ID is required now for mail-in mail -in voting. So, you know, that, that does help. Um, however, we definitely need to um, get with our state legislators to see what we can do. All right, folks. 
We're going to go ahead and we're coming up to a hard break. So uh, let's take a minute to get a word in from one of our sponsors. And we are back. I am your host, Santiago Avila Jr., the Constitutional Conservative, and we are here speaking with Shira from Georgia and Chris from Pennsylvania. Before we went on our break, we were talking about uh, a little bit about Georgia and Pennsylvania and, and some of the things that are happening in Peru, Ecuador, and uh, some, uh, some news that came out of Cuba. Uh, Chris, we found out uh, that you guys have... Uh, a lady by the name of Kathy Barnett, who is running for for uh, for the U.S. Senate. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Sure. So um, Kathy recently announced her candidacy. There are two other candidates for Senate, also from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I've worked with Kathy before. Um, she is a veteran, a professor, and she has a great story. I helped her out a little bit during her campaign for Congress last year, knocking doors and doing um, all that I could to promote her. She's a good candidate and she has the energy and passion to get out there and bring her message to various groups. So um, I'm excited to see her campaign unfold this year and into uh, early 2022. That's awesome. Do you think that maybe Pat Toomey saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, um, I, I kind of went against pe- uh, former President Trump. Maybe I sh- it's time to step down. Or do you really think that he's he's been wanting to step down for a while now? Um, I do have, you know, different friends in state committee, and they all say different things. I know that he considered a run for governor, um, but he decided against it. So I, I really don't know. He might move uh, back into the private sector, which is a lot. Um, you know, U.S. senators do that, um, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. So, um, what, 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 what changes do you think can be made in Pennsylvania? Uh, to solidify it into a, at least some type of a pink or, or maybe even turn it red, because I do know Pennsylvania is a swing state. What do you think, right. what efforts can we do to make some changes in Pennsylvania uh, via the Hispanic community? Well, I just think that we need to stick to our message. Um, President Trump, um, you know, we always talk about the movement that he brought. Um, you know, it's not just about Trump, it's about the conservative movement and supporting people who um, don't just make empty promises, people who are going to get into office, keep their promises and, um, you know, do what the American people ask them to do, which is to govern and to elect and to not uh, support special interest groups and, and work on behalf of the people. You know, American people are tired of foreign wars. We're tired of supporting um, countries that are enemies with foreign aid. And I just think it's important um, as the RNHA of Pennsylvania that we support candidates from local to federal that are going to keep their promises um, and, and work on behalf of the people. You know, you brought up a good point. Uh, a lot of people keep saying, oh, this MAGA movement and this America First stuff, that's all President Trump. And they fail to realize that th- this really isn't about one person. It's, it's about a movement. And uh, people are just tired of being put last. People are tired of fighting foreign wars. They're tired of nation building. We want to see our infrastructure fixed. We want to see us as Americans be put first. We want to see our veterans be put first. So, um, Shiro, what, what can we do in Georgia? I mean, Georgia, we just literally lost two Senate seats 
and we lost a presidency in Georgia. What do you think can be done? What can be changed? What What are some of your plans as 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 you move forward as the chairman of the RNHA of Georgia? Yeah, absolutely. We we definitely have a mountain to here at the state of Georgia, um, but it's going to take a lot of work. And you know, I'm very proud to be working on behalf of the RNHA um, and in these communities here in Georgia to engage the people. You know, it, it's far too often that the Hispanic community votes against their own values, and it's going to take a lot of educating. Um, so that's something that I pledge to do, and uh, hopefully we can um, turn back those Senate seats to red. I know that you guys just had somebody make a huge announcement uh, a couple days ago. Vernon Jones has announced that he is running for governor of Georgia. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Vernon Jones, this is exactly what we want to see as a party. Um, you know, I, I, I do love to see when Democrats convert, convert to being uh, to Republicans. And um, however, with Vernon Jones, he has a lot to prove to Republicans, you know, here in the state of Georgia to ensure that he's not a rhino. Okay. Do you, do you feel like he's because when he was a Democrat, he, he was considered a conservative Democrat. And it wasn't until President Trump uh, was in office that he really started seeing how his party was kind of turning on him. So um, I know personally, if you put Vernon uh, between Vernon and Brian Kemp, um, I don't live in Georgia, but I, I choose Vernon Jones over Brian Kemp any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I happen to agree with you, um, but being that we have a governor right now who is Republican and, you know, did some things behind closed doors by signing that illegal consent decree, you know, Republicans in the state, are they're very nervous and skeptical. So, you know, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. Of course, of course. Okay, so um, folks, we, we have an issue right now at the southern border, right? We have, I think under President Trump at, at any given time, we had about 2,600 uh, kids in what they call uh, cages. Uh, it's I, I personally don't think it's right, irregardless, uh, but now we have a huge abundance of, of, of minors. I believe the last figure I saw was over 12,000 uh, children. And um, it seems like all these celebrities, Eva Longoria, Jennifer Lopez, um, you know, George Lopez, they, they've all become silent. I, I don't see the Democrats crying foul anymore. I don't see AOC going to the border in her white dress and crying while she's holding on to a fence because of all the migrant children. What are, what are your thoughts on this, Chris? Because obviously, as, as Hispanics, th this is a very sensitive issue for us, right? Uh, it's not the most important one, and, and, and we've done a lot of uh, polls on this. It's, it's not the most important issue for us. Immigration is not. But the subject of seeing kids in, in these cages, which, by the way, and you guys can fact check on this, Obama was the one that built these cages. Um, it, it, it really bothers a lot of Hispanics to see what's happening in the southern border. And uh, a lot of them are coming to realize that what President Trump was doing was was right. You know, what his his immigration policy was working. What are your thoughts, Chris? 
Well, look, I think um, President Trump had the right idea, and I think that any conservative Republican um, should support a, a border wall, um, you know, at a southern border. I think uh, it's a humanitarian crisis. Um, the fact is that if we have an open border, we're encouraging people to make the journey in the first place. And that's something that we need, first of all, to protect ourselves, but also to protect children. If we really care about children, if we care about legal immigration, we care about um, you know, the journey that these people make and the danger that they put themselves in. It's important to have uh, a closed border with a nice big door in the middle so that they can come here legally. If we, um, if we continue to support policy that encourage illegal immigration, that's going to cause um, more problems for us and also for um, migrants who are, are making a dangerous uh, journey on land uh, to get here. So, um, you know, ironically, it, it's the actual opposite effect. We need to um, have a border wall and um, Democrats are against it. And I think they're using it to their advantage. But I think you're right. Um, Hispanics generally care about um, legal immigration, um, at least for those who came uh, legally. So it's important that we support those policies. Thank you for that, Chris. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. But when we come back, we're going to ask the same question to Shira. So uh, please hold and uh, let's get in one of the uh, a word from one of our sponsors. Hola y bienvenidos a Hispanics Lead Right, a presentation of Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. The Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida would like to invite you to the 2021 RNHA of Florida Convention on October 2nd. We have great speakers like Scott Pressler, Abraham Enriquez, Armando Escalante, Caitlin Bennett, and Chris Ann Hall. We will also be announcing our keynote speaker soon. We will have live music courtesy of I-95 Entertainment. For more information on tickets or how to become a sponsor, please visit us at rnhafl.org. We're back. I am your host, Santiago Avila Jr., the constitutional conservative, and I have Shira from Georgia and Chris from Pennsylvania on this podcast today. Shira, before we went on uh, uh, on a break, we were talking about the crisis that we have in our border, and uh, Chris kind of gave us his opinion on and, and his take on it. But we'd like to hear from you as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the border is a crisis, and I would consider it to be one of my top five priorities. Um, you know, we all know that with the border, um, the increase of child sex trafficking, uh, the drugs that are coming into the border, um, and the gangs that are coming in, the criminals, I mean, it's a huge problem. And uh, for the Biden administration to not address it and to spend millions of dollars housing uh, these families in hotels and, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a crisis and should be addressed right away. You know, I, I hear that. And you know what angers me about that? I hear that he's housing and it's and look, as Americans, we're very giving people. We're very giving. Uh, but what upsets me is a couple of things. So one, they're housing a lot of uh, illegal immigrants in these hotels, right? While we have veterans out in the streets that are homeless. 
Well, we have our National Guards uh, in, in Washington, D.C., sleeping in garages. Uh, that, that, that's, what, that's what upsets me. You know, it's like they're not putting America first. And this is why people have gone ticked off about the situation. It's not that we hate immigrants. It's not that we hate uh, people coming from other countries. Not at all. But we need to put the interest of America first. That is the that is the honest truth. We want more immigrants, right? But we want them to come in here the legal way. The way that it should be. Otherwise, from the get-go, they're breaking the laws. So... Um, I think I think it's very interesting how uh, how Joe Biden is is handling all this uh, situation. Um, let me ask you something, Shira. Right now, there you mentioned this earlier. Brian Kemp uh, signed into uh, law uh, Senate Bill 202, right? Uh, which kind of uh, it, it, you know requires voter IDs and things of the nature. Do, do you know a little bit about that law? Yeah, so Senate Bill 202 is uh, where he bans um, the use of any solicitation to voters while they're waiting in line um, because we saw with the last election that there were Democratic organizations providing water, food, and even gift cards to voters, essentially, you know, campaigning for the Democratic Party. So um, it's not a racist law, and uh, we are very proud that he actually signed that in, into law because. Um, most people know this. The the county election offices they do provide water. Okay, you know I I, I hear that and I and I think about this. Um, I know Delta has come out, Coca Cola has come out, uh, Major League Baseball has come out. They've all kind of you know have either banned or somehow try to pull out of Georgia or has they definitely criticized Georgia for this right something that was done the right way through the state legislator and um, I just have a question for for those because we do have Democrats that listen to our show uh, and and I have a, I have a question for you um, and I'm gonna say it in Spanish right because uh, I think it's it's very important ustedes creen que somos tan mongólicos que no podemos coger un, una, una licencia o una tarjeta de identificación no nos crees capadas que nosotros sabemos cómo ponerlos online y tratar de hacer un appointment con el departamento de, de vehículo. I mean, I think the thought that Hispanics or minorities not being able to obtain some type of or form of ID is, is such a racist concept. Are, are we not? Do you guys not think that we're intelligent enough to do that? Now, at the same token, how many days of early voting are you guys now getting, uh, Shira, in Georgia? Um, I, as far as the, the, the days of early voting, I believe it's nine days, which is actually higher than Joe Biden's own state of Delaware. Well, I, and, and I believe it was just increased to 15, if I'm not mistaken. And that's, that's where I was getting to. You see, if, if this law is so racist, why hasn't Joe Biden done anything where in his state of Delaware, you get zero. You heard that right, folks. Zero days of early voting. If you decide that you want to uh, do absentee voting, you have to ask the government for permission and give a good reason as to why you want an absentee ballot. I know here in Florida, which there's a difference between absentee ballots and, and mail-in voting, okay? But here in Florida, if you want an absentee ballot, you just request one. The government's not your mom or your dad. You don't have to ask for permission. Um, so, you know... The Democratic Party likes to talk a lot about Jim Crow laws. 
and they're actually the party that started the Jim Crow situations, right? Um, Chris, where do you see Pennsylvania in the next two years heading? Do you see any changes? Uh, especially you, you're on the ground, you're, you're talking to people. Uh, do you see any changes in any counties? Do you, do you think that things are going to change a little bit more to the right, to the left? What are your thoughts? Well, in my region in southeastern uh, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia suburbs have strongly been um, becoming more liberal over the last several years. And I think registration, I mean, for Democrats are, are increasing every day. Philadelphia is basically encroaching on the surrounding counties. Um, and unfortunately, we're highly populated and everyone's coming from the city, which I personally never understood. They leave uh, Philadelphia for a reason, whether that's high crime or high taxes. And they come over here and vote the same way. And uh, unfortunately, because of our high population density, I do see that um, this part of the state is going to become more liberal and could um, be, be make Pennsylvania more blue, which is um, not something that I'm, that I'm looking forward to. But, you know, we're doing everything we can over here. And, you know, Pennsylvania, um, I was there a couple months ago uh, and uh, Chris was so gracious enough to drive my lovely wife and myself around and uh, he took us uh, right in front, it was, it was middle of the night actually, but he took us right to uh, Independence uh, Plaza. And um, I got out of the car and uh, I was looking at, at the building and I was just, it was night, it was snowing. Um, and I just had this moment, right? Like I felt there was a moment frozen in time where all the buildings around uh, this this little building are all modern buildings. And then you have this, this uh, museum you can say just there right there smack in the center and i was just envisioning you know thomas jefferson james madison benjamin franklin some of our founders like shutting the doors and saying we're not leaving this place until we have documents until we have a declaration of independence and um uh, it's very unfortunate because, you know, while I was awed by the moment and, and I was really, it really takes me back. I love my country so much. And uh, I think we've lost that as Americans. We, we've lost the, the ability of sitting down with somebody that thinks a little bit different from us. And we lost the ability of dialogue. We can no longer sit down and say, hey, uh, Mr. De Mr. or Mrs. Democrat, I don't agree with you because of this, this and that. Because the moment we do that, somebody's gonna shoot back, well, you're a racist, or uh, you're a Nazi, or you are a, a right-wing extremist. What do you think has changed uh, between then and now, uh, Chris? Well, you know, I was actually listening to um, a radio show by one of our committee, uh, committee people in Montgomery County. And um, our chairwoman from Monco also, uh, was talking about the same thing and it seems that uh, especially in the last decade we've been sort of um, you know separated into different groups um, politics has become more polarized and you know big tech has been doing this um, you know by kicking people off of Facebook and Twitter for exercising their their right to free speech and then um, you know some have um, migrated over to parlor uh, which was taken down by Apple for a little while so there's all these different ways that the left tries to censor people and divide us. 
Um, and you know that can be through different mediums. Even the media plays a, a big role in that. You know, as we've seen Absolutely. over the last couple of years. So I think, um, unfortunately, because of you know social media and 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 the media itself, we we've been uh, separated into different groups. And you're this person, and you're that person with different beliefs, and you guys need to be separate. And that sort of fuels uh, tension between people. Yeah, it's extremely sad. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, Shira? It's extremely sad. Um, it's, you know, eroding, you know, the, the, our rights, you know, to speak for the first amendment. So I, I'm not happy about it. Um, unfortunately with the democratic party, they, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, Cardi B just released a Twitter yesterday stating that we need police and she actually backpedaled and removed it from her Twitter. So, um, it's, it's a dangerous, um, polarizing atmosphere right now and we all have to be mindful about that and we need to repeal or remove section 230 i agree with you we 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 need to do something look um as republicans as conservatives uh we believe that every private industry has a right to do whatever they want uh, that's not the argument here right if, if facebook wants to censor half of its people that's fine if they wanted to make it into a liberal platform believe it or not that is absolutely fine as a conservative it is fine the issue that I have is the following. If you're going to sit here and, and say that you want to be treated like a bulletin board and you want to have protections from 230, then you can't be able to restrict people and their free speech because then you cease from being a bulletin board and you should have Section 230 completely stripped from you. Just like the Fairness Act. It was removed. That's why before you heard one side of a story and then you heard the other side, you got liberal, you got a conservative. Now everything is totally different. We want to play so fair and at the same time, we're damaging our ability to speak with each other. So look, folks, um, obviously uh, we're, we're coming to the end of this podcast. Uh, we're talking to two very important people right now, uh, somebody that's in the state of Georgia and somebody that's in the state of Pennsylvania. Two states that are completely different. And at the same time, they have some things in common. Uh, they have a Hispanic community that's vibrant, that's looking to, to come here because they want a better future. And uh, Ronald Reagan, I think, said it best. Hispanics are, 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 are Republican. They just, they just don't know it. And uh, I always like to close off with with uh, you know asking uh, each of our each of our uh, hosts you know or sorry our, our guest you know where can we find you where where is your information um, we'll start with you Shira yeah absolutely um, you can find me at R N H A G A on Facebook and you can also email me at chairwoman at R N H A G A dot org. Perfect. How about you, Chris? So you can find us on Facebook, uh, the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Pennsylvania. Our email is info at rnhapa.org. And if you are in Pennsylvania, hope you'll reach out. Thank you so much. Before we go, any final words and uh, from, e from, e from each of you? And we'll start with you, Chris. Well, I just want to say that, um, first of all, our chapter was officially chartered um, a couple days ago. So I'm just really excited to... Uh, get started and hope that Republicans can make uh, big grounds with the Hispanic community here in Pennsylvania. Awesome. Shira? 
Yes, I'm going to echo what he says. And I just really recommend that everyone watch 1984 by George or- Orwell. Um, it's the Democratic play- Playbook. Um, you know, it's it's my uh, goal to educate all of our voters. And I, I think it starts with, um, you know, watching that movie because it's going to hit close to home. Thank you so much. And uh, as we commonly do when we're uh, about to say goodbye, um, I like to take a minute to speak to directly to uh, la comunidad hispana, right? Um, acuérdense que ustedes llegaron aquí a los Estados Unidos buscando una mejor oportunidad. No estaban corriendo de sus países como Cuba, como Venezuela, como Guatemala, como Perú, como Ecuador, como todo Latinoamérica, correcto. Han venido aquí porque están buscando eh, una posibilidad mejor para su familia. Puede ser una posibilidad económica. Eh, el punto es que están buscando libertad. No vengan aquí a los Estados Unidos para convertir a América en esos países a donde se fueron. Porque si este país se pierde, no va a haber otro país a donde podamos ir a tener esa libertad que disfrutamos nosotros aquí en los Estados Unidos. Um, and for those of you uh, listening here that uh, don't speak Spanish, uh, simply put, you know, we're, we're here in America and what, what makes us different from other countries is that when we're born here in America, we're, we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, right? Amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When you're born in another country, and I'll use, I always use my grandfather as an example, when he was born in Cuba, the moment his certificate was signed, his government gave him the ability of being able to do things. They gave him his liberty. So they were able to take it away whenever they wanted. When he had to go to the plantations to pick up tobacco leaves, they did that. When his daughter, my mom, uh, was old enough, they took her away and she had to do the same thing. This was obligated. Forget that they had free health care, free uh, education. They still lived in poverty. Because after a while, free stuff is not free. So when you're, when you're born in America, or the moment you become a U.S. citizen, that... that you're boom that's it i'm legal here in this country at that moment government's not giving you your your rights on that moment you are blessed by your creator you are blessed by god and he endows you at that very second with these same unalienable rights our rights are not given to us by an, an american institution or a government entity it is given to us by god and it is important as Hispanics and more, more than that, as Americans, that we recognize this very fact. Because if government doesn't give us these rights, they do not have the authority to take it away. And that's what makes America great. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day. God bless you. God bless these United States of America.